0: When I realized that I enjoy performing so much that it needed to be a part of my life, a main factor in that is the audience, is the people that I'm connecting with. Like that that gives me so much. Like when when I was acting professionally, I much preferred being on stage to being on camera. Life is hard right now. The world is scary and depressing for everybody but i'm part of everybody it's it's if i don't do anything then that makes it that much harder to keep going you know it makes it that much harder to to fend off that overwhelming darkness
1: hello 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 Welcome to Humans of Magic, the podcast that gets up deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Su. Welcome to episode 110 with Veggie Wagon. Veggie Wagon is a comedian, content creator, and self-professed MTG jank streamer. He's been absolutely killing it in the magic parody space and is a mainstay on platforms like TikTok and Twitter. My biggest motivation for interviewing Veggie came out of seeing him organize some superb charity events like gathering support. He is a very generous soul and has continued to provide a lot of great work for the magic community. One thing you'll notice here in our conversation is that Veggie Wagon is very deliberate. He takes his time with the answers to think through what he's about to say. I think there's an incredible mind lurking behind the Ragavan persona and the on-camera goofy shenanigans. In fact, I would go so far as to say that he's one of MTG's brightest minds, even if he will never admit it. Please enjoy my conversation with Veggie Wagon. I would love to get your support on Humans of Magic the project, so if you have not had the chance, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Both accounts can be found at humans of magic, one word. We also have a new Patreon, patreon.com slash humans of magic. If you want to join our exclusive discord community, you want me to help review your podcast or content, happy to do that through the discord and the Patreon. I have switched to a weekly release format. So Humans and Magic is always going to be free, it's always going to be a labor of love, but the Patreon is going to go a long way to cover the additional intensity of the workload. And I'm really happy to do weekly episodes, I want to get more Humans and Magic content out, so your support is always appreciated. The phenomenal music you hear in this episode and every episode of Humans and Magic is supplied by Kupla, that's spelled K-U-P-L-A. Kupla is an absolutely fantastic musician. He's a magic player, and you can find all of his music on all the streaming platforms, including Spotify and SoundCloud. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter as well, Koopla Sound, and tell him Humans and Magic said hi. Veggie Wagon, Mr. Wagon, Mr. Veggie, how are you doing tonight, sir?
0: Uh I'm I'm doing great but uh you can just call me Veggie. Um Mr, Mr. Wagon is my father. Okay. Are you Wagon Jr or <laughs> Uh the the middle name is is different. Uh so it's it's just it's just Veggie Wagon.
1: Okay. Has anyone ever called you veg or v or vg or are there variations
0: of the comedic name that you choose you have chosen to adopt you know that's the first time i think that anybody has shortened it more than veggie because you know with the full uh the full title of veggie wagon uh then most people will just default to veggie but I don't think anybody, nobody's called me veg or V or any, anything shorter. Okay. Do you think it's
1: because, have you ever referred to yourself in the third person as celebrities and athletes are want to do? All the time,
0: particularly the time. for that reason of being a celebrity slash athlete. Yeah. Out of body
1: experience <laughs> and uh, veggie wagon knows comedy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so that's probably that's probably it because you haven't referred to yourself as veg. You, you refer yourself to yourself as veggie uh, or call yourself veggie. And that's probably it. That's my guess. Anyway, I'm sticking yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> so veggie, uh, I'm trying to make sure I don't call you veg. Uh, veggie, where whereabouts are you calling in from today? You're on the East Coast, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I am uh, in Medford, massachusetts it's just a little outside of boston
1: okay like another you're 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 part of the pantheon of folks that are from mass it seems like there's a big contingent of magic players in mass but is it just maybe it's just the population size makes it what do you call that an inevitability but yeah i mean have you been there for a long time in your city no
0: uh i know nothing about this city (laughs) Um, <laughs> other I, than your address? <laughs> other, other than my address, uh, which usually I, just have, I have to look up anyway. But um, no, I've only been here since uh, 2019. And, you know, some sort of event happened, which prevented me from exploring the area too much for a couple of years. Mm, I um, wonder what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't feel like leaving the house for
1: right. a while. Right. <laughs> not that there were any catastrophic global events or anything. Just just felt like staying at home. I, I, I get that. Introvert life. Right. Hashtag. Yeah, it was cozy. Yeah. Yeah. But what made you move to to where you are now? Is it was it because of work? Or is it because of school or family or partner? What was it? This um, is me like I'm I'm like super prying in. Like we're not even like Five minutes into this, I'm just prying into your life. So,
0: hey, look, I, I know, I know nothing, uh, but I will say everything. Um, I, I came here on a whim entirely. Um, as, as the kids say, uh, YOLO, mm-hmm. um, it was a, very quick choice to move here. Um, just like the perfect planets alignment of, of things. I had been living in, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, which I is where I had lived for oh, since I got out, out of college. Um, so a long time. And one of my best friends, uh, was already living in uh in massachusetts and had just bought a house and i think this was right around uh right around christmas which is why he was in the area we were out at a bar having a good time Um, and he was talking about how excited he was to have this house and he's like yeah and we you know we got this extra room we're going to be uh probably renting that out for a little while to start just to help us like with some expenses and i was like oh man how ridiculous would that be if like i moved up there with you and took that room he's like yeah that'd be that'd be just wild man i i can't imagine what would happen if that if you did that (laughs) and then like you know sitcom style we like both looked at each other wait what what's stopping me from doing that um because at the moment um i was i was working as an actor surprise uh and i had kind of outgrown the area um there's not a lot of professional theater, uh, in Baltimore. Um, not a lot of larger, like TV, film, commercial op- opportunities. And so I w- had already been thinking about, hey, eh, you know, maybe I should like move to DC or somewhere a little bit closer than Boston, but somewhere with more opportunities. Um, and on top of that, there was just like this overall, feeling that I needed to, I needed a big change in my life. Um, and so by what, I think within a month it was all settled. I was just packed up all my stuff. Um, you know, told, uh, my, told my then roommates, um, who were good friends of mine, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I will continue paying, uh, rent until we're out of our contract but i i gotta go um oh and then the last piece of the puzzle uh you know i had to pay for stuff um uh and and my friend that i was going to uh to live with uh he and his uh wife also a good friend of mine um had found this like gaming place it's very hard to describe uh but i had been there like on visits uh to see him before and it was very it's very cool like reality gaming um facility and they were they were hiring and i so i also like sent my resume to them and they said yeah absolutely especially since you've got uh you know the recommendation from these two like we totally trust that um their mistake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i yeah Got we, him. from between <laughs> exactly <laughs> between between christmas of 2018 and uh the end of january 2019 i had figured everything out and was on my way to boston
1: i gotta ask what was the rut that you found yourself in where you could just pack up your bags and just relocate at at a moment's notice
0: well, that's got kind of, I guess, two halves to it. Um, generally, uh, for all of my life, uh, it's been pretty easy to like pack up and move to a new place. Um, just when I was living in Baltimore, I moved at at least every few years, if not every year. Um, and like i (laughs) like it's kind of normal then right it's not like oh you know like a huge event because you you practice right yeah yeah the little the little moves all added up to the one big one um yeah it was like i was always ready always ready to move just didn't own a lot of things uh you you know worked as an actor um (laughs) and yeah i was i was honestly like the the I think a big part of the feeling though was i'd gotten out of uh i'd gotten out of i think to that point my longest uh like romantic relationship and was struggling with understanding my relationship with understanding how i want how i was going to handle that personally mm-hmm. um and i'm not I'm definitely not saying that, like, that was the driving force behind it, but it was just, like, one more thing propelling me to make some sort of change, and then a change was presented to me, and there we go. Yeah, it's a contributing factor,
1: it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. How—I didn't know that you were an actor, or you had been working as as one, so
0: is that something that you have always wanted to do? I thought so. I thought so. Um, let's see. I can, I can give you the short version and then you can tell me which parts you would like to expand upon. <laughs> <laughs> would you like um, to learn more?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's go with the short
0: version first. So the short version is I, um, I went to college uh, in Baltimore for uh, biology and chemistry. And by the end of four years, I learned that I hated biology and chemistry. But at that point, it was a little late to do anything about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also a lot, during that time, I found my I, I found a love for performing. Um, I that had always been a part of my life, like from when I was very young, but mm-hmm. uh, that I really got the opportunity to focus a lot more on it and realize that that was something that I I needed to have as a central part of my life. Um, and so got out of school, uh, you know, through the, the, the chemistry degree to the side and just did whatever I could to force my way into uh the acting field um and by the time by the time that i left that area um i was you know i was i was an actors equity member um i had worked in all both of the professional theaters uh in the city uh had you know done a couple uh you know big big things down in the dc area uh and I I felt that there was not too much that I could do from where I was. Gotcha. So
1: was there like one catalyst or one major moment that made you just kind of cemented the idea that, you know, I wanted to be an actor or I wanted to do acting, be an actor for a living?
0: That's hard to pinpoint. Um, I think it was a gradual process because I I knew I knew that I enjoyed to doing that. I knew I enjoyed performing um, and I think I think it was just doing productions uh, in college were more intense you could i could focus more of my time and the expectation was that they were you know higher quality and demanded more of my time and probably to the detriment of my grades um i i got a little taste of like what it would be like doing that on more like full time hours and i couldn't i couldn't get enough of it and so i just rolled you know, production into production into production and getting out of uh you know, getting out of school, I just I, I knew that I had to keep doing that. Um so it was just I think as soon as soon as I as soon as I was able to do that continuously, I couldn't stop. Just just hooked on it, right?
1: Just uh, uh so I guess to I guess the answer is like it's not really one moment but it's like a build of like just a a progression right and as you do more of Mm -hmm. it it's kind of like rolling uh oh man what's what's that term like a snowball it just starts to snow yeah that's a magic term right snowball okay so right uh okay so how would you describe yourself as an actor do you i mean are you uh, are you (laughs) are you specializing in some area i mean are you more like a uh, a jordan peele or are you more like uh i, I don't know just how would you describe yourself?
0: uh <laughs> raw. raw um okay yeah i because of the situation that i was in where I, w- I i didn't you know i didn't go to school for any of this but i had always kind of done it on the side even since like childhood um I had very little, I still have very little formal training in anything directly acting related. Um, and so I'm very much an actor. I, I think I struggle to like direct myself and to, uh, you know, understand more of the, the big picture for for that field um but you know little the little moments that you piece together uh as you put together you know a full performance a character um that that is a strength for me and so, as long as I've got somebody there that's like, "Hey, so <laughs> we've gotta, we do have to make it from this point to this point uh, by the end of this, you know, scene, show, uh, song, etc." Uh, that's <laughs> then I can, then I can, I can, uh, I don't know, I can thrive then. So I don't, I, I do, I do a lot of it by just by just feel and uh that's i think why i would say (laughs) uh raw is the best way to describe it it's it's worked out for me though yeah 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 um it's really fascinating
1: because uh before we recorded like i i just i've never really talked to you so i i just thought you know you obviously have some sort of comedy affinity or background you have definitely a music background of some sort because you're creating these songs. So (laughs) it's like it's pretty hard not to have some musical foundation. But the acting thing is really cool, too. It's like um, maybe we can go back even a little bit more. Like, how did you. This whole performing thing, like, were you just like, how did you how did it all start? How did it all start? It must have been when you were very young, right? Maybe you were just singing at home and like just acting out things that you saw on TV. Like maybe you can tell me a bit about how,
0: how it started for you. Sure. Um, As a, as a very young child, uh, I know there are, I, I don't, I don't have specific memories of these things, but my parents definitely do of, you know, baby, baby veggie wagon <laughs> um like like just turning on different like m- cassette tapes with songs and like doing full-out performances like calling i like uh, i i would call them into my room and have like a a performance prepared to like you know the ducktales song on on the cassette that my mom So had you're just a natural Marbury's. performer right just I, I guess so. It always it always made sense to me and um and so that was always a thing and then the other big big thing that happened is like okay, I had I had done like chorus and stuff like that in school but the big the big leap was when I hit high school. Uh my high school had a show choir and uh for for anyone that doesn't know what that is uh it's it's glee okay the it's real a, version it, of glee okay it's the real version of glee um and i i was encouraged to audition for it because uh i was uh a guy <laughs> and they needed they needed guys um and and it just so happened that the the other members that asked me to audition were uh very pretty and so i couldn't i couldn't resist right um and i i think i think i gave probably the worst audition that they'd ever seen um but they i you know they didn't have a lot of other options so <laughs> they they took me and then and that was it that was the thing that that was year round um that i then did every year and so um that was like my first my first taste of like constant performance and uh and that that was a big thing that got me going
1: okay so you're asian i'm I mean- asian we know what it's like to grow up in a asian household right i mean that's actually kind of a obviously if you're asian you grew up in asian household uh if
0: your parents is it are asian, though it's is not it that's though?
1: right that's right actually uh, one of my best friends is in beijing he is korean but he was adopted so he was raised by caucasian parents so this just popped into my mind so um okay let me just not make assumptions then uh you were raised <laughs> by asian parents right I was not. Oh, okay, so tell me about your parents. Tell me about it. Um I'm also adopted. Okay, well, I did not know that. It's uh okay.
0: Yeah. Um uh my my parents are are white. They are solidly white. <laughs> um and in fact that's uh, one of the reasons that the very first uh, charity stream that I did was for Adoptees for Justice, um, because that because <laughs> I'm, I'm adopted, um, right. and and that's something that I've. It's meaningful, yeah. Meaningful, thank you. Yes, that was.
1: <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing um, a terrible job, by the way. I'm just like putting words into your mouth. I'll, I'll try
0: to try to tone it back a little bit, you know. tone <laughs> it down. I mean that's okay because that like in that moment i needed it because there were zero words in my mouth my brain knew what it was but it, it was not reaching it. okay
1: okay sorry please continue um yeah i so you're adopted you're raised by uh caucasian white parents and uh yeah. where, where where exactly like it was it was not baltimore right because you said you went to school in baltimore but you were from somewhere else
0: i i grew up in northern maryland which is very uh country very rural okay um like were you the only asian
1: kid in the city or town kind of deal or was it
0: i can remember four i think there was me There was my sister there was one other uh adopted korean uh in my year uh and then one other uh chinese student who was not adopted um and that was it i think
1: what was the population of the city or at least back then
0: was it like was it like four million there are four of you or or what? Like give me an idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea, but I I mean it's it, it wasn't empty. Um I let me let me see if I can give you any numbers that I can think of. I want to say that my high school uh class was five hundred. Okay. Okay.
1: I guess we can kind of extrapolate that. You know, because we're yeah. Asian, we can do the math, and right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say though, my, uh, my parents did their, did their best job at, uh, you know, at tiger parenting. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it, it was always. They, they were always. Um, uh, aggressively supportive of academics and uh, extracurricular activities and filling my schedule with, uh, with, with things like that. Mm -hmm. That was a major, super awesome, but
1: major sidetrack. So going back to my, my question was just, I was going to ask, so did your parents have some sort of expectations on you, you know, going into college, like when you chose biology and chem, obviously even before then you were interested in performing you wouldn't have done the 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 real life glee were not otherwise but <laughs> did you did you feel that kind of like pressure from your parents to like study something that's more academic or was it like put on yourself or how would you look back on that
0: both both um there was a lot of pressure from my family to go into something like ac- both academic and like grand, um, and not like a cert, like very definitely not a malicious pressure, but certainly a pressure, uh, there, there was always this expectation, um, that I would be some, something, something academic and something grand. So like a doctor or, uh, you know, a a scientist or some someone that was doing very big things in the eyes of like society Um, dr veggie wagon
1: curing cancer right got it
0: exactly (laughs) um you know it and it, it was like the the stereotypical um expectations of you know the the asian male child um and i was good at it i mean i i i got a i got a full ride to to school for like purely off of academic stuff um so you're a good I, student like just i uh... was yeah <laughs> i was i was a good student until college you didn't let down um, the uh the four asians in the in the in the city that's good <laughs> uh yeah i not at least not not till that point yeah not till that point <laughs> yeah i here i just because i i think this is hilarious but um like i was i was a very good student but i wasn't especially um i i i was i wasn't a good student i was a successful student okay um so you didn't quite apply yourself but you knew how to get the results oh yeah um One of the things that I did to help my uh, college resume, I created a math club and we did nothing. Uh, We called it the Student Mathematical Reasoning Team, Mm -hmm. SMRT. Very nice acronym and name, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just me and my me and my friends and we hung out after school <laughs> and we had like we had a we had a we had a teacher advisor um and yeah. you know we we occasionally did some sort of math related things but um 100% it was designed as a college application like extracurricular buff yeah 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 now we i mean like me and my friends we were involved in a lot of other like extracurriculars that were authentic but like but that was i was like think it, that it's is good to have that as the icing yeah. on the cake because it had it's, it's a math thing so right i was like yeah founder and co-president of <laughs> that's that's quite impressive yeah <laughs> but i think that is that is very that that story is indicative of of the kind of student that i was like i mm-hmm. i was smart but i gamed the system mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i knew i was good at test taking i did the amount of work i needed to to do to get the grades and nice and not a lot. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, I respect that, more. man. I fully
1: respect that. I mean, to be honest, there's lots of clubs. There are lots of real clubs in when I remember high school, it's like, there are lots of real clubs where it was really just literally just like three people playing magic, the gathering, or like not even doing the thing. <laughs> um, you know, so I respect that, you know, you're, you were practicing magic before magic, the gathering. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Conj- conjuring things. Um, okay. So but it's, but I want to get into this a little bit. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the sort of feeling of the Asian expectation, but your parents were not Asian. So is it like, was it put on there by yourself? Was it put on there by what you believed you needed to do? Or was it kind of your parents thought that you needed it and they parented you
0: based on that? I know it's a tough question. It is a tough question, but it's an easy one to answer because this is something that I spent a lot of time thinking about uh for myself, especially when I was in college thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and realizing that it wasn't uh it wasn't the path that I was on. It was definitely something that was it was definitely a path i was put on by my parents again in the most benevolent way yeah uh but they they had always they'd always been very supportive of academics like i i can remember like simple games as a kid would be like hey here's this really difficult like very much over your head, uh, like math problem. Let's see if you can figure it out. And I, it sounds, it sounds really lame. Um, but the way that it was presented was like, I was very, I was very into it. Like I was excited for those. Um, because I got, you know, I, every kid wants to be, wants to be told that they're good at something everyone everyone wants to be rewarded and and that was what i got the biggest you know reward for was was being smart was doing uh academic things and i was good at them um and so it just created this this cycle of like okay great i did i did really well on this test and therefore i got praise uh and you know was rewarded at home and I liked that so then I uh I liked being good at things so I then worked harder on the next one etc and all this is all this is good but I just never realized that it didn't really come from me it just came from that you know very human uh and certainly like child desire to be re- praised and rewarded yeah um, and to please in some way right yeah yeah i you know I, I i liked making my parents happy and that that certainly made them happy seeing uh you know seeing me do smart things right it's it's it's
1: really interesting how like a lot of our lives in general are just like a series of feedback loops it's really just like the societal feedback loops that are put there. We had no idea we were in the, on this track where we're playing this game, but it just keeps going and going and going. Next thing you know you're you know, you're thirty five years old and you're 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 wondering what's uh what's the meaning of it all, right? Sorry <laughs> sorry to <this> sound so <laughs> so grim, but uh you know, Ooh. not projecting here. But uh you oh. know that's sometimes that oh. happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just like I uh I lost myself for a moment. I thought that voice was coming from within. i
1: just... <laughs> <laughs> the universality of uh what is the meaning of all this um right um just a bit of a a tangential question too is like do you know anything about your biological parents have you ever like tried to find out or anything to that effect
0: no actually um i was adopted at five months old um And so I, I have no, no memory of my biological parents and that was, and still is, it's, it was never a priority for me. Like if, if you were to tell me, Hey, your biological parents are in the next room. You want to go meet them? I'd be like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, that, yeah, let's do that. But it's never been something that I've been interested in going out of my way for mm. because you know, my parents are my parents. Um, they did all the heavy lifting. That's, that's they were for the last <laughs> X years, right? Let's be
1: honest. So
0: yeah, they, yeah, they, they are the ones uh, responsible for, for, for raising me and, uh, and are, you know, the biggest contributors to, to who i am um and and so i didn't see any benefit uh to like to spending my energy trying to like get in touch with my biological parents that's completely
1: fair and how how's your relationship with your sister you have one one sibling right
0: yes yeah my my younger sister marcy um I feel like this is the most common. Uh, <laughs> this is the most common relationship uh, arc that I hear from from everyone. It's like we hated each other, uh, living under the same roof. Mm. Hated each other. We were polar opposites. Um, you know, I was uh, I I was the one getting straight A's, and like parents thought I was you know the angel child uh and like yeah i was i was getting away with stuff that i shouldn't have been doing but like i was i was slick about it um and then she also was the one. one that also helps
1: yeah
0: it it, but that's not always the case like older right, yeah right, i knew right. yeah, but yeah. like usually it's the, i feel like it's the younger one that gets like the preferential treatment um but she was like she was like popular um and did not did not care about uh like you know school performance yeah uh she like she was smart she's smart uh but like different right? chose to be yeah was not focused on it and like that was not where where she was interested um and and was like i'm gonna do what i want and if i get if i get in trouble i get in trouble uh and so we just did not we just did not mesh at all. There was so there was no crossover in anything that we were doing and and we constantly butted heads. And then as soon as we were out uh out of the house, we realized that oh, we're both like good cool people. Um let's maybe now let's start our uh sibling relationship. <laughs> and so and so yeah, we um yeah. because of because of that we're not the closest, but uh we are we are we have a new understanding of, of each other and can can respect uh, who the other one is. And, you know, we, we, we have a good time when when we get the opportunity to, uh, to hang out. Yeah. Family's family.
1: I think that's, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like now there's a voice in my head, like as you were, as you were talking, cause uh, I have one younger brother and uh, it's a similar deal, right? Like I had mm-hmm. my lane, I was the academic one and he was not. And looking back on it, it was actually, I actually thought it was quite unfair to him. I think just because it's almost like he ended up doing things just to be different than how I was because, you know, there's that, there's definitely that dynamic, right? Like can't, can't really lie about it. And so he actually became a great cook and like made things with his hands and just didn't do the academic route and we're so much better now that he's like halfway around the world like he's still in canada <laughs> <laughs> but i mean, needed a little bit of distance but but seriously speaking i think i think yeah with age or something like it's just um you you i just get along much better with him now like before we were like mm-hmm. at home we were always just fighting like literally fighting and just doing all these things and now it's just like it's love right it's just it's just uh I don't know what it is i think it's just mellowing out with age or distance or whatever it is you know just just kind of figure finding ourselves and just being two grown-ass men or i guess that helps too so <laughs>
0: yeah it's like oh let's 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 force these uh these children to like not be able to escape each other while they're navigating all of childhood and there's parental expectations for them uh and then on top of that they have to like get along yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot so (laughs) uh i guess going going back to
1: you know one of the reasons i really wanted to talk to you was just I know this is like a huge jump forward, but I, I do, I'm really curious about this because gathering support and some of the, the fundraisers that you've been involved with I, I quite publicly on Magic Twitter and just on Twitter in general or on Twitch. And tell me a bit about what you did recently, maybe just for those who may not know, just to kind of recap a little bit. And uh, yeah, before we go into more
0: questions related to that. <laughs> sure. Um, So, uh, recently, uh, I held a charity event, uh, that I named Gathering Support, um, and I gathered a bunch of, uh, local and, and not so local, um, MTG, like, personalities. Uh, so I gathered a bunch of MTG personalities, um, mostly local, but, um, some not local at all, uh, which was a, a pleasant surprise, um, into one place, like physically in the same room together. Um, and we uh, we raised uh, money for the National Abortion Federation. OK, so.
1: This is why I'm so glad that we we talked a bit about the your your backstory, because even as I was just witnessing these fundraisers that you've done i could sense that these things had particularly strong meaning for you and because you're taking a lot of time to like organize these things and honestly not a lot of people go the extra mile or extra 2 miles in your case so what what's your what's your motivation for you know doing these kinds of things clearly they are very again to use the word they're very meaningful to you
0: yeah i mean honestly It is for two reasons um one i feel that anybody that has the privilege of being able to be a content creator to call themselves that or whatever whatever adjacent term i i know some people feel weird about that uh about saying content creator but anybody that is privileged enough to do that whether as a hobby or for a living needs to give back this means that you have a community that is supporting you uh whatever the size and without those people you would not be able to do what you do and so when something happens like uh like the recent Supreme court ruling that threatens the people in your community, then you have a responsibility to help. Um, And it is, it is one of the biggest gifts that I've ever gotten to be able to do this at whatever capacity that I am doing it at with whatever, whatever sort of audience that I do have. Um, and so, if I'm, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not doing what I can do in, in these moments, then I don't, I don't feel that I deserve to be, to be doing this. Like, um, you know, anybody can be funny. Uh, anybody can make a video and put it on the internet. Um, anybody can play a game. But if so many people are willing to say, hey, we like you, we like what you're doing, and we want to help you to continue to do it, then I want to make sure that I say thank you by my actions. So you see it as a kind of
1: uh, almost like a responsibility. It's uh, if because you're, you're saying if, if your audience, if you're a creator and you have an audience and they they like what you do, then you should take that opportunity slash responsibility and uh, channel it into something that you feel is uh, meaningful or productive. Is that right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and that's, that's the first, that's the first reason. That's the, that's the, uh, one of two, right? That's the, that's one of two. That's the, yeah, it's one of two. The other one is the selfish reason. Um, life, life is hard right now. The world is scary and depressing um, for everybody. But I'm part of everybody. It's it's uh, life is hard for me. Uh, the world is scary and depressing for me, and if I don't do anything, then that makes it that much harder to keep going, you know, it makes it that much harder to, to fend off that like overwhelming darkness. And so doing things like this, even though it, it, you know, like there, there are, there were plenty of other, um, plenty of other, other events that like by the numbers, uh, what what i was able to do was a drop in the bucket but i helped somebody you know we helped somebody uh and 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 that helps to keep me going you know that helps to recharge uh that that light inside of me uh to help you know defend against the the rest of the world the darkness yeah yeah that's really
1: important that's really important. I, I think, I think, I think you said it really well. Like it's, it's a selfish reason, but you kind of have to, I mean, it's self-care it's like taking care of yourself and motivating yourself and maybe tell me, talk to me a bit about, you know, that collaborative process, you know, working with other creators and, you know, what kind of things did you guys talk about when the cameras weren't rolling or when the stream wasn't rolling? Like, did you have any interesting insights or any any takeaways from just like you know from from the other folks
0: yeah um there was this very very profound moment where we were all like oh my god it's so nice to see people (laughs) (laughs) that was that was the big takeaway we were just all we were all so so my gosh you're not actually a
1: bot on the internet you're actually a real person flesh.
0: right right and like i think i think there was a big like we were all we were all like fangirling over each other because you know it's i'm trying to think i had met um i i had met like one or two of them before Mm -hmm. um but only briefly you know at at some of the other uh like larger magic events that had happened um and so you know those are it can be hard to just like hang out with people at those because there's so many people that you're trying to like say hello to and play games with and then a million other things going on etc um and then the rest of them i'd only seen online like as a fan um like watching their streams or watching their videos uh and so Pretty much everybody in the room was in that same in that same boat. So getting us all together, we were like, "Oh my god, you're so and so. Uh you know what you do is very cool. I like what you do. Uh, oh right, right, right. We have to, we have to, we have to stream now. Um, and you know, we did get some a chance to to hang out. Uh, cameras off afterwards, but it was it was just really satisfying getting to getting to meet everybody uh getting to spend time together getting to play games uh something something cliche about uh the gathering part of magic the gathering you know <laughs> yeah
1: i i still remember like pre-pandemic i think it was twitchcon um, just going i think it was san diego going there and uh meeting people and Everybody's just really cool, generally speaking. Uh and you don't realize how introverted a lot of creators are. Because I, I don't know how you would you describe yourself as more on the extroverted side or the introverted side. I, I actually honestly <laughs> it's kind of a 50 50 flip for me, but
0: Yeah, I am <laughs> I'm pretty solidly on the extroverted side. Okay. Uh okay. yeah. I, I, I need my moments to recharge here and there, but like it yeah. it's it's, it's very much on that side of it.
1: Yeah. I, I think what people, the point I was just trying to make is that I think people, what people don't realize is that people are so much different offline. Um, hmm. And I think especially people who are more on the introverted side. And, you know, they could, they could kind of shout in public to, you know, 30,000 people. But if you just talk to them one-on-one, they could be quite different. And, but mm-hmm. I think it's really nice that way because it also kind of reminds me of the humanity of it all uh, in a weird way. Because, you know, there is, a kind of, there is a kind of thing that I've always tried to explore when these conversations, which is kind of like the masks that we, that we wear and the performing of it. And it's, it's a really complicated thing or topic, but it's, it's nice to see like the human side of people when you meet them face-to-face or not just face-to-face, but when you're talking about something that is meaningful for, for example, gathering support, like that's something meaningful. Otherwise these folks wouldn't have showed up. So um, like that's a, that takes it to another level. So it sounds, it sounds really enjoyable. I wish I could have been on a
0: uh, a fly on the wall basically. Yeah. Hey, I, I can guarantee you there will be, uh, there will be more support that needs to be gathered so hopefully at some point at yeah. some point uh you will be you'll be in the room i'm just a tiny
1: bit bummed out that you didn't use the uh alternative name that was uh in one of your videos i i thought pro choice tour was actually quite a quite a clever one <laughs>
0: uh thanks i <laughs> i that th- i was considering it um but i I get, I get too specific about like, about what I choose for like words and names of things. And my priority for that, uh, was like, I, I considered the name honestly, even though it was used as a joke in the video. Um, I was like, oh, but it's not really a, a tour. And then like, if I want to use it again <laughs> for, if I, you know, if I, if I'm like, am I, am I just naming this one event gathering support? Mm-hmm. Or is like it going to be the whole, like each time I do a thing, it's like gathering yep. support and then, you know, blank. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I kind of like that better. Cause it's more general, but like pro choice tour is kind of, it's kind of catchy, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Like I, I'm sort of joking. Cause I think gathering support has more mass appeal. And so uh, sometimes like how we name th- not, not sometimes, I think usually how we name things really matters. And And so you want to go for the mass appeal, the broad appeal. So I think that's like a better term that still kind of links to MTG. And uh, jokes aside, I think it was a good, it was a solid choice. And it sounds like there's more of it, which is the important thing, right? There will be more. Yes. Yes, very definitely. Okay. Are there any like takeaways about doing these kinds of live charity streams, fundraisers in general that, you might have and you might feel like sharing
0: yes um they're a lot of fun uh they're a hundred times more work than you expect even if you've done them before and you're like okay now i know that it's going to be a hundred times more work than the last one uh because i like to be i like to be more ambitious for each thing that i do um, i noticed that yeah <laughs> and uh and then i usually forget that oh that also means like a lot more work um And especially since that was the first time I had done something like that where people were physically there live, I got very distracted. Um, I I got distracted just having a great time with amazing people. Uh, So like there were some things that were going to happen during that stream that I forgot. Uh, There was uh, food that was donated that... I then got a message was like, "Hey, we didn't like get a we didn't get the date wrong or anything, right? You are coming to pick this up." And I was like, "Oh my god! Uh, all right, everybody, <laughs> I, I'll be right back." And like had to run down the street. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just a, just so, a
1: million things happening at once. So, so like right. having to juggle the chaos, right, in real time. Right. Okay. Yeah. But having said that, like, like is there a way that you can better? manage that going forward like do you need nope. like more helpers or just write <laughs> things down or what
0: um i mean i can try uh i you know i each thing each thing is more organized because of what i learned from the previous ones but then because of always wanting to improve there's then more things to do uh i know that i am not good at that um i that My organizational skills uh, are not my strong suit. Uh, I would not make good like wedding planner or, uh, you know, secretary. I would be uh, I would be out of a job real quick. Mm -hmm. So I am grateful that I have people that I can rely on, whether it is the incredibly entertaining uh, creators that I was able to have there in person like i i could have planned nothing and they would have and and they would have they would have you know brought the house down uh they would have handled everything just because of the the incredibly entertaining human beings that they are Mm -hmm. um i had um i had some of my team members that were that were volunteers to mod for the entire event Um, and that is like that is the thing that i'm i'm not very good at uh there were and there were so many people that that came uh that came out to donate like prizes and things Mm -hmm. yeah um and so you know i every time i'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and organize better. Cause like I this time I was like I'm gonna be ready. I have I have my my Google Sheets ready for different <laughs> things and like uh, yeah I have all this stuff written down. Yeah. Uh, and then it just like it got there and I was like wait I didn't like this isn't helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I I'm always gonna try and do better with my organization, but I do know that when it comes down to it, things are gonna be a little. Um, mm-hmm.
1: we're gonna we're gonna Uh, end up winging it winging winging it it. a little
0: bit when we get to the moment uh at least until i get to the point where i have some people that uh i i can i can ideally people that i could pay to help me significantly with those logistics that Mm -hmm. i'm not good at
1: Mm -hmm. so this whole creative chaos of it's basically a production right because it's it's, it's a lot of very elaborate I can tell even from the outside, uh, which is like I just want to first of all I want to say mad props to you and everybody involved. That's that was a huge undertaking and uh, very meaningful endeavor. Um, but the question here is like, doesn't that create a lot of sort of anxiety and self induced stress? Because they say stress is what happens when you care about something, and and that's what, that's why you're stressed about it. You wouldn't be stressing about stressing out about something that you didn't care about, right? Uh, but isn't that hard like to to put yourself through that and knowing that you will put yourself through more of that in the future because you have a tendency to want to one-up yourself like have you thought about that i mean sure or you're okay with it you just sort of like this kind of goes with the territory
0: yes um kind of related to like talking about why uh, i feel like this is something that I need to do. I know that each time it's going to be stressful. It was very stressful during the event um, and during the previous events that I've done. Uh, and it's stressful, like knowing my strengths and weaknesses and that there are going to be things that I struggle with specifically with with events like this. But, you know, the importance of of doing it um, kind of just takes over you know i it helps to balance out the stress that, that 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 comes along with it
1: yeah yeah i hear that because it's meaningful so or or you know the why so the other stuff other stuff is more manageable
0: yeah and of course it's it's also it's also a privilege to be able to uh to choose to put yourself uh in stressful situations um and I, I'm I'm so you know, I'm 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 very, very lucky to be in a position where like I have the capacity to to say, you know what, I I, I can put myself through extra stress without threatening uh you know, my my mental health uh or you know, my my financial situation uh well all right not threatening it too bad but you know <laughs> uh, uh yeah and so so i i recognize that that's that's it's important to recognize that as well that that is just simply a thing that not everybody can do and also a reason why if i can do it i should be
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so which one of the creators
1: involve like who was the most organized one Who was the most organized in real life you know just just making sure all the things were taken care of and you know the the was it the the, the dot dotted eyes cross
0: t's and all that stuff <laughs> um or were there multiple well let's see i mean once we got there because one of the things i stressed to all of them like from the beginning like be like when asking them I, I made sure that this was a point that i made to every person that i asked um was that that none of this is on you uh because i i was not able to you know pay any of these creators for their time mm-hmm. and while it is for uh, it, it was for charity you know and it was for some a, a really important cause it's still asking for their time mm-hmm. uh which is the most The most valuable resource especially of any content creator so uh, I'm I wanted to make it clear to everybody there is no expectation for you to do anything but show up and enjoy yourselves on stream um and so because of that I don't I they didn't do anything like or uh as far as the organization um no, I'm, I'm lying. Um, because of that, they didn't really get the opportunity to show too much of that. But I will definitely point out, um, uh, Alan from Mental Misplay uh, was a massive, massive help. Um, he took his entire multi-camera um, streaming setup from his home reset it up on a laptop brought the entire setup uh to the venue that we had and then arranged everything and then we connected his laptop to my pc uh and and ran it off of that and so uh, like i would not have had uh the a a lot of like the production quality uh with without his help and that's 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 such a huge undertaking because like you know, transportation of a bunch of different cameras and then setting them up in a new place and recreating like the different uh scenes and setups uh on his laptop which was not what he was running uh his home setup off of um so that that was that was very big and then um the one James who flew in from Florida mm-hmm. um to do this uh helped me to with with the rest of the setup because we we were there uh the night before and then cleaning up uh the next day uh that that was also a big big help um and uh and he even he even uh helped me to break a uh a writer's block that i had for a particular thing that will be coming up soon okay Uh, upcoming thing right okay yeah got it yeah um and then i think the last the last takeaway though is um uh hedology magic uh ariana i i know she she'd mentioned something to me afterward about possibly doing um a a charity event of her own and that was the first time i gotten to meet her but Mm from 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 our from our time together, I can tell that she would be very organized, uh, and and would like is exactly the type of person that will uh, will will be able to pull these off much more successfully uh, <laughs> than I will. So I, I look forward to seeing what she does with that. That's awesome.
1: So Veggie, if it's okay, I like to uh, explore another aspect of you. which is the the comedy and just kind of your your inspiration or influences are you are you okay to talk about some of that stuff
0: uh absolutely not that is very very private uh my process is uh is a family secret and uh revealing so would completely unravel all of my content okay all right, we're not gonna right, say uh, we're not gonna review anything then. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, so that's my t- that's my time. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, you can you can support uh humans of magic on Patreon. <laughs> good, good. Support humans of magic on uh, Patreon <laughs> slash uh, Veggie Wagon and uh, <laughs> peace. <laughs>
1: ah.
0: yes, I I there's there are a few things I would I, I would enjoy more uh than than talking uh way too much about about things that i like uh which are my influences
1: (laughs) so i know you've already mentioned the past you know a couple of them but i want to i want to just talk about the tier one influences that you have well actually no there is a question here that we will that is kind of related to influences all right okay it's kind of a two-in-one because somebody asked you asked this question it's like how did you get the name veggie wagon and i assume it's related to one of your influences so maybe you can walk people through that or walk me through that
0: sure um you're right it is related uh directly to one of my influences uh not the one that you would expect i don't think so the term veggie wagon was given to me on a road trip with my father we were just driving in the car uh there's there was a truck that drove past us that just had a bunch of look i mean it looked like vegetables um but it was just like you know a typical pickup truck uh full of plants Mm -hmm. he looks over looks at me and goes well that's a veggie wagon right there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then just looks back at the road and keeps driving and it's it was such a mundane thing that stuck with me clearly uh because that's not a phrase like not that I am aware of like I don't nobody calls something like that a veggie wagon or at least if they do i had never heard of that up to that point and i was very confident that neither had uh my dad um but this was this is kind of something that he does uh is he uses the english language very confidently wrong (laughs) okay wrong um and and somehow does it in a way where like you can't you don't catch it right away and then after a moment you're like wait a minute that's <laughs> hold on hold on hold on that's not a hold on, you can't that's that's not a real thing now
1: it's all coming now the pieces are connecting now the pieces are connecting for me now because because you know some of your work it's like i do have that feeling like wait a minute <laughs> you know like five <laughs> minutes after or maybe i watched a video or a song again yeah, like wait a minute there's something in there that's I don't want to say sinister, but, like, he might have tried to pull a fast one on me, you know? Uh-huh. That veggie wagon is at it again, right? So, right. that is an interesting aesthetic, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it, it was a real simple moment, but I, There, just the, uh, the phrase stuck with me because it was, it was funny, and because that, that is just so, such a pure moment from, from my father like he doesn't he doesn't even and, it, and it's not him trying to like pull one over right, on you it's right. him just being like yes and that is i'm sure a thing that people say yes. uh and going about the rest of his life and i i yeah there's some i think there's something that i that i connect with about like that level of dumb confidence
1: <laughs> that, that kind of like i don't want to call i wouldn't call it dumb i would just be like confidence unbridled confidence and also a nonchalance it's like a nonchalant confidence
0: yeah yeah because it's not it's not like a confidence about something super like significant it's just like it's just this very mundane thing right that that he's he's willed into existence simply because like yeah he has for for no for no purpose and i I connect with that nice so it's kind of like just you know me
1: drinking the coffee i just be like Oh, this is a liquid chalice, and like nobody calls it that or something. It's just, just yeah. kind of like just out of nowhere, right? So, yeah. Um, do you find your dad to be humorous in general, or? Yeah, always has been.
0: Okay. Always has been. Okay. Um, you must
1: have gotten some of that from him, and also the confidence.
0: Very, very definitely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my 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 parents. I think it's very clear that my sense of humor is the is the two halves of of them where my my father as you've heard is just like that that out there confidence and has always been very goofy and then my my mom is uh just incredibly incredibly smart and and well read and uh i i know that she would be a fantastic parody writer, if that were something that she cared about at all. Right. Right. What about your sister? I guess you weren't so close to
1: her at that time. Uh, no, so no. She's just she's just unfunny. Didn't inspire you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, yeah, no, I mean she was very she was yeah, she was very unfunny and she inspired me to be as different from her as possible. Ah, uh, okay. No. no. <laughs> I'm Marcy, I'm sorry if you hear if you end up hearing this. <laughs>
1: Quote you on that no just kidding <laughs> okay so okay that that actually, that's really cool and uh you also had mentioned like actually let's just talk about one of them one by one sure back to the future what's the deal with back to the future being an inspiration for
0: you mm, Yeah. this back is a movie the from the 80s right yes yes i believe it was from 1989 um and or well actually no probably the first one would have been 1985 because it's really 85 bingo i checked yeah. wikipedia before this recording I did, my ho- I did my homework michael j
1: fox <laughs> as uh, mm-hmm. marty mcfly the doc i don't remember who played him
0: but i remember michael j fox so there you go <laughs> yeah yeah i this one also especially for like people uh that know me or you know at least uh, have experienced me <laughs> for a while. Um, those two characters, uh, Marty McFly and Doc Brown, also kind of like my two halves. Um, the Doc Brown part is very clear. It's like the the frantic, like just wild energy and like different like thoughts and brain sparks going and like just crazy like it, doc brown is is it for sure yeah yeah um he is he's, it is
1: it like mad benevolent scientist
0: <laughs> right right um and then and then marty mcfly is like the like the the kid that's like desperately trying to be cool uh in like ways that like when it, in in the movie and you're watching it you're like oh my god it's so cool and you think about it after and you're like no, "Actually, he's kind of he's kind of a loser <laughs> but like he he pulls it off you know right. he pull he's like the confidence uh, he's man. that yep he's that confidence part where it's just like oh yeah okay, i okay i guess that just works um yeah also kind and of ethical I, right because yeah. he
1: didn't want to get shacked 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 up with his mom so he was like yeah i gotta <laughs> i gotta fix history right i got i mean i <laughs> guess part of that was very selfish which is like i want to exist in the present day but still
0: you know yeah 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 also this it's just like i i saw that movie when i was uh when i was a little kid and so i also just saw like oh wow like super smart guy that like makes all these inventions and like Mm. uh, makes a time machine like that's so cool like he's just he's just smart and like all over the place and like just you know that that and and so that you know clearly a contributor uh, uh an influence and then also seeing like oh this this like this kid it's like very he's so cool and like he you know he can skateboard and he can play the guitar and like you know uh <laughs> I, yeah like he could drive a car like,
1: while underage that's just kidding right <laughs> yes yeah.
0: and so i did all of those things um, <laughs> um but like yeah and oh god like the music from that too was mm-hmm. just like in a, such a good soundtrack the combination of like um of of the original uh, the original music for it and uh, and and the songs that were in it like just uh, you know I've always I've always loved that soundtrack and was like directly responsible for me then wanting to learn how to play guitar um, and you know th- then then you know becoming uh, more more music m- more musically skilled um, and of course that guitar was bright red. Um and <laughs> first learned, first song I learned to play was yeah. Johnny Be Good. Okay. Uh to this day is my karaoke go to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and okay, alright. So there's there's that part of it. Um where it's like, okay, the, the characters for sure mm. were a contributing factor to, to what I enjoy now and what I identify with. But also the structure of the movies in particular. The trilogy as a whole. Because, like, the like the movies individually, they're good. Uh, or, to me, you know, they're good. It could be argued. No, no, they're um, good. They're good. They're good. I, I, they're can, good. I can back you up. Yeah. They're good. I love this movies. But, what they do is they parody each other. Which blew my mind as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is... Like th- this is next level. Like this is this is this is just just unbelievable. Because um, you know, if you're familiar with them, uh, you you see the first movie. Great, it's a solid movie. You have a good time, and then they they're like, oh, we gotta we gotta go to the future, and then the second movie, you you see all of these like. Directly analogous moments where they will take like they'll take lines that were said by characters in the in in the previous movie, but then in a different context because they're in you know a different timeline or whatever, or like scenes that happen, but now it's the futuristic version of them um, played out and and like to to me at whatever like artistic point i was at at as a child like that stuck with me i was like that's that's just brilliant that's just brilliant i (laughs) loved that that like that connection between them like playing off of its own material yeah um because you know i I, i'd certainly like heard parody songs at that point and like seen little bits of uh like like spoof comedy but the fact that this was spoofing itself Mm -hmm was, uh, that, that, like, I was like, I, I, this just makes sense to me. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love that because,
1: and I would argue it's still next level. The whole idea of like paying homage to just a movie that came before it in a way. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could, at a, at a base level, you could say it's just like references, but I think at a higher level, you can say it's an homage and there's like these in jokes that you can go really deep into it. I would argue that that's still next level because if you look at franchise tentpole blockbuster movies today, they've mm-hmm. lost all of that. They've lost all of like the humor, the the self-awareness. Like If you look at one Marvel movie into the next one or the <laughs> one Star Wars another, it's like they're just humorless blockbusters that are very self-serious and there's no sort of attempt to uh, be clever in a way, right? I think the 80s and 90s were still a period where... And This is now me getting on my my soapbox where you could do like <laughs> clever mainstream movies, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I saw that with Back to the Future. I saw that with like Bill and Ted. I saw it with like these different things. And Bill and Ted was more my gem, uh, you know. Like, hey, no, you I'm would, I'm there I'm there with you on on Bill and Ted. You too. You could do <laughs> these things, right? Where you could have these SNL movies in the '90s, like Wayne's World. It's just like these movies wouldn't get made today let's just be really honest like because they're they're sort of like and it's really nice back then because there was a kind of like breaking the fourth wall of comedy and then putting that in a mainstream movie that you can't really do now or maybe you can but it would be it would have such a smaller audience because we're not a monoculture so um i'm right with you man
0: like i think back to the future is pretty seminal it's pretty seminal Yeah. yeah Uh, and even just like you mentioned, you mentioned like oh, you know the Marvel movies. Um, in in like how how they don't they don't typically do that, and even like to the the exception that proves the rule, Marvel movies will occasionally do that. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally yeah. do that, and those end up being like some of the best moments mm-hmm. in those movies. But they they will set them up to like to make sure that they can't fail like they'll they'll spend like a couple of movies like hey all right so you ready for this joke where we reference <laughs> a thing from before okay you ready for it yeah it's like a million dollar is. like literal million dollar build-up
1: right yeah right
0: and it, and it's so, so they like make it so safe and like it and it still ends up being like you know what like captain america later on sterile. like encountering himself. Like, it's like oh yeah did but, an
1: in joke check 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 you know yeah
0: right and where whereas like back to the future um didn't they just decided not to earn it that way they just they were just like we this we have we're confident in this movie that this will work that this comp the concept will work mm-hmm. and just did it yeah i mean and also according to
1: wikipedia and you should always believe everything you read on the internet of course Um <laughs> the movie was apparently like rejected conceptually like 30 to 40 times by studios yeah. it was just like mm-hmm. this is not gonna work this is not gonna work as a movie it's not um stupid enough honestly like it's too clever right yeah and zemeckis and whoever else he was involved with like the the director is zemeckis robert zemeckis and they're just like yeah fuck it we're gonna do it and they actually cast somebody that was not michael j fox to be marty mcfly yeah. and then eric stoltz yeah yeah and they reshot all the scenes and it cost them like an extra four mil uh which at the time is probably like I don't know, like twelve mil or like fifteen mil in today's money, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. like they took a lot of bets on that. And of course, as a kid watching it, like we have no idea, but that
0: that it's it's incredible actually. Just just thinking about that. Yeah, and that's that's that uh, <laughs> that's that's that confidence that I you know that I, I identify with, where it's just like sometimes if you have a creative original thing that you believe in. You just go with it, and and if you if you truly have uh, if you're truly confident in it, you truly believe in it. It's going to have a special energy that a lot that that's hard to replicate. Yeah.
1: So maybe moving a moving away from influences for a brief second, how do you personally assess? Well, actually, first of all, like the works that you do, whether it's a a parody song or like a, a production, like gathering support. How do you assess whether it is quote unquote successful? do you think of it that way first of all
0: i I think of it in two ways one is um the 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 boring but necessary way of like okay, did this get views did this get likes uh you know et cetera did it get like like social media success um, because that is something that I have to keep in mind um as far as being able to continue doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. um sure I mean if a tree but, fell in the woods and nobody heard it I mean it didn't fall right right was it yeah was was did the tree make a good joke nobody knows because no yeah uh but the other factor for it it's hard I don't I don't really have a direct way to measure it but usually i will know if it is successful uh by the other criteria which is just like does it make people happy Mm. um and it is rare that i will not it is rare that i will release anything that i'll I'll let anything like I'll, i'll put out any video or parody or event where I don't think I will be happy with it. Mm. Um, And so that's at least one person. Um, And that's like the... That's that's the biggest like... Guideline, I guess, for me. Is my stuff... Has to make me happy. Whether it makes me laugh. or, Or whether it makes me... You know... Feel like I did some good for the world or something like that if it doesn't make me happy then it's not going to make other people happy mm-hmm. uh and it's 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 turned out to be a good indicator um mm-hmm. like some some of my favorite some of my favorite like parodies and and like videos and things uh, have ended up like maybe maybe not even necessarily the ones that like go viral or anything but those are the ones that like get people specifically telling me like, hey, I, I was like thinking about this video today and it'll be like way down the line. I'd be like, yes, that means like that, that had some sort of impact that made somebody that made somebody happy, uh, and you know, for whatever, for whatever moment in their life. Mm. Um, and that's, so that's, that's the, that's a criteria that's important to me and then you know i have to keep track of the other stuff too so that i can i can try and do more of this stuff
1: <laughs> i think this is a that's a really well-rounded answer because there's definitely a part of it which is kind of like the tree in the forest which is like the mass appeal or like you know the the nameless people that you are that are watching your thing and they like it or they're engaging with hashtag engagement right but i think the anecdotal mm-hmm. stuff really matters too like anecdotal in the sense of is this enjoyable for myself? Like, if I listen back to this or I watch this, would I like it? Like, you're sort of like building for yourself. But also, like, I've had cases where, like, I felt like, you know, I did an episode and I thought it was really solid, but it got less, the engagement numbers were lower. But it's kind of safe when I hear, like, even if one person DMs me and says, like, I really like that episode, I really like that one part. And that would just make my day like that. That would actually mean more than just the sheer numbers. Right. So there's, there's that aspect of it, which is kind of like a personal anecdotal touch. And I think for you, it's actually made especially hard because it's comedy. Right. I think people don't understand how that comedy is serious business. Like comedy is serious business, and it's hard to be funny. It's, it's, I, I would, I would argue it's probably the hardest art form. Right. Because you can be Chris Rock and you can do stand up and you can bomb. It doesn't matter who you are. Like it can just happen. And it's also especially hard if you're doing recorded comedy, because I also hear about how, you know, there are certain comedians that, and I definitely consider you a comedian. Like there's certain comedians that are just like, I don't want to do a movie because I can't control the, how the crowd reacts. And it's, it's a, it's Mm -hmm. an artifact in time. Right. So that's really hard and there's comedians that are be like that are like I like doing movies because they're safe and I don't have to do stand up again like Steve Martin retired <laughs> from stand up while he was on top because he didn't want to have that anymore right so it's stressful not knowing if you're you're going to be validated like the next night so i'm i'm curious like the question here is how do you how do you think about that in relation to your work like have you thought about maybe doing live i mean you do have some live work because when you're streaming you can you can do things live and there's a certain uh cadence and temple to it right uh to use a magic term temple um but <laughs> when you're when you're doing pre-recorded i would argue it's almost like a several orders of magnitude harder in a way because you don't know what mind space people are at when they when they see it at that point in time i could be having a great day and i watch it i'd be having a a terrible day shitty day and i watch it and i have a totally different response, right? Is it's not like I go to the comedy club, so I'm sort of like prepared to look at this thing. It just shows up on my Twitter feed. So I am curious if you ever thought about that and like the whole live versus pre-recorded thing for you specifically as veggie wagon.
0: Yeah. Um I am very glad that you asked, James. Uh because this has been this has been something that I have especially recently been reassessing with myself um i've actually i i did a little experiment a while back where i did a live specifically comedy segment on my twitch uh stream Mm -hmm. uh i did the one and only episode of uh mtg weekend update um which is exactly what it sounds like Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it, it was just the like SNL Weekend Update, but with magic news, and I did it entirely live. Um, and so like you know fake newsroom background, and I had uh, I had set it up so I could shuffle through a couple different like images. Um, and it's one of the things that uh, a lot of people have told me like th- if there was one thing I I would if there was one thing I wanted you to do more of, it was that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a great time with it too. And that I realize is the kind of thing that I want to do more of. Personally, I think that the pre-recorded stuff, uh, pre-recorded like material and comedy is easier for me. If I'm the one that is, if I'm the one that is making it entirely, because I have a very clear vision of what yeah. I want.
1: You're editing it. You decide when it goes <laughs> out distribution. Exactly. All that jazz, right?
0: Right, yeah. right. Um, e- like even, even just like the factor of having another, like having uh, a collaborator then changes that, that my feeling of that, that does make it much harder. You have a, you have a, uh, um, a bigger potential for, you know, w- what you could do with the collaboration, so, but uh if it's just me recording what I want to do, like that's, I think the easiest type of, uh, like comedy for me to make. Um, but I'd love to do more live stuff. And that is something that I've been working on, um, being able to do because when I realized that I enjoy performing so much that it needed to be a part of my life, a main factor in that is the audience is the people that I'm connecting with and you can do that with recorded content you can Uh, especially now like you know you can see the moment that somebody like likes a video that you put up you can see as soon as they post a comment on it Um, and that is a, a type of direct connection but it's still less personal than having somebody right there in front of you but that is hard to do in this day and age yeah. um, especially if you are working independently um and so like like that that gives me so much like at when when I was acting professionally I much preferred being on stage to oh, being Oh I was I was going to say
1: there's no question right just that adrenaline of like that immediate like feedback right there you see their faces and the people in the crowd
0: yeah or well if for the most part if you're doing professional theater you're not seeing a lot of faces but you are feeling the people yeah Um, you feel the energy yes yes and that is you you cannot recreate that in another form Mm um but the closest that i can get to that uh by myself is is streaming on twitch um because there are people that are see- seeing that in real time that are reacting in real time um and and you know that's i just don't have another method of that and i still do feel a lot of that energy mm-hmm. um and and especially when i did like that actual comedy segment versus me like, streaming, uh, like, MTG Arena, um, I enjoy doing that, but I don't think that is the kind of thing that I'm looking for, uh, I'm gonna continue to do that, but I'm, I'm actively looking for ways that I can do more, like, live comedy, and not, and, and, and even some other things that are not specifically comedy, but live, live performance stuff, yeah, I think
1: that would be amazing if there was some sort of way that you could you could channel that, because especially for someone who, you know, I mean, we all came from pre pandemic times. So I I mean, unless you're like three years old or whatever, but then you wouldn't be on this podcast (laughs) uh, and be able to talk. um, But uh, but, you know, like it's so tough because when you know the world, what it was before or some of the ways that things were done, um, Mm -hmm. there's a kind of longing for for that like i could i don't know maybe in the future and I'm, i i i hate being a problem solver on the podcast but i mean i'm just throwing a random idea maybe there's a future where mm. there's a veggie wagon comedy tour where you could like sing songs you could like try different props and costumes um uh, i don't know why i'm suddenly thinking about carrot top uh, but anyways uh, we'll <laughs> let that let that one go uh and you know like you can kind of like do a comedy hour like you could you know, there's other people in MTG that are also funny and they could, it, it could be like, go on the stage and say something, um, you know, you could, you could tell jokes, you could play certain characters like Regavan and whatnot, and it would be kind of a, just a good time. Maybe you could get it online as well. But I mean, fundamentally, it'd be nice if there was just a way you could do that in an intimate crowd with real people like watching you, like that would be pretty sweet, no?
0: james please please use all of that energy to energy to manifest this into being um because that is uh exactly what i'm looking for and i know that kind of thing would be quite a quite a ways down the line before i had i would have the support and resources to be able to pull it off but um yeah, like that would be, that would honestly be the dream is, is like, if I was, if I was the guy that like, each, each event, like, you know, every, every command fest or dream hack. Or oh, yeah, yeah. You like, can even like leverage yeah. those
1: existing platforms and have your segment. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. So they're like, oh, well, of course, you know, we're having this, we're having this in person event. We've got a, we've yeah, got a yeah. book veggie wagon for, for the his show wagon
1: panel, which is kind of a set, right? Yeah. yes
0: and like I even a, a while a while back I think it was in the theoretical stages of uh, the gathering support event I I, um, I posted a tweet that was like hey what do people think about uh, like an improv uh, like an MTG personalities improv live event and it blew up everybody everybody was like please like i i and and it was just like so many people that got tagged like i'd love to see yeah. this person i'd love to see this person this person would be great and and like i had i had so many so many responses both from people that wanted to see it desperately and people that wanted to be in it mm-hmm. um like you know I, I i like i know i know that the uh, i know the want is there um and so hopefully that's something that i'm i'm building to yeah eventually we got to just manifest this
1: into into being oh please yes. please for the love of uh pete or whoever you know like just <laughs> let's just uh let's make it happen and mm-hmm. if you ever do that and i'm in the us I, I already have a segment for myself i'm not i'm not funny at all by the way but if we're improv i already have an idea i'm just going to rip off the um, uh shit people say on twitter i'll just like go up there with my phone and just like read yes. out tweets that people have yes. said oh. about cdh and uh it'll just be a good mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. it'll just be a good time just just <laughs> read it out in like the most serious voice i can do that right
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man what who is who is it that does uh, mean tweets is that like i think it's like jimmy kimmel or somebody yeah yeah that's that would what I'm that thinking. would be yeah yeah mean <laughs> tweets
1: yeah yeah MTG
0: yeah Do that it. would be that would be so funny that would
1: be yeah. so funny it it would only work kind of like in a kind of a i think a live improv kind of thing right so um mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a million Actually, ideas. you know what
0: yeah you know what it would be like that it would be it would be like best done in a live setting but that could be done for sure pre-recorded please take this I, idea this idea is free like you only
1: you and i have talked about it right now so please take that and, and just run with it, veggie just do it
0: i am going to do that actually the more that i think about it the the that would be hilarious the, the, man i think you could do right that. just like yeah, yeah. like every because you know you know that all of the different all yeah. of the different like content make creators make it into a TikTok
1: ha- montage, like you know how you have these like collabs. Like you have like every you could find different creators and they just read something. Oh my god! Like, imagine like somebody like trashing VeggieWagon and VeggieWagon reads out like the trash tweet about them. Mm-hmm. That would be so hilarious. Or like the, yes, whoever being subtweeted, that'd be hilarious.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That I look, I, I'm I'm putting it, I in my super organized, uh, single, <laughs> single notes. Like okay. I, or just put it I have brain. one That'll page. So works. Yeah. No, 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 no. Cause it, then it'll be, it'll be, it'll be out. It'll be, it'll be gone. Gotta, from my brain we gotta, we gotta will this the...
1: thing into existence. And by we, I mean you, because I don't have video <laughs> production capabilities.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's on the list by the way. Yeah. Just, just, this is the, uh, this is the extent of my organization. It is a single, a single note sheet, uh, yeah. like, like the like the iPhone Notes app that has yeah. every single idea that I've had for any sort of thing. So you are organized.
1: You are. You're underselling <laughs> yeah. yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah. My my
1: my single notepad. Yeah. Some people have a notepad <laughs> for magic decks. So other people have a notepad for comedy ideas. I love it.
0: Yeah, and my notepad is all of
1: those. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one list, right? It's like, just one list. Like, buy this card for my EDH deck and uh, mm-hmm. uh, create a, a viral video. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yep. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about just, like, one additional influence. Um, yeah. Because I went really deep on this uh, recently, uh, unrelated to you suggesting this. Jackie mm-hmm. Chan. Jackie Chan. Because I'll tell you, I went down this hole mm. recently on YouTube of, like, uh, fake kung fu, martial arts, and, like, uh, performing martial arts versus, like, MMA fighting um mm-hmm. I this may not be the vibe you're going for so just go with your own but um tell me about Jackie Chan like what does he mean to you as uh as an influence or inspiration
0: all right let's start with uh let's start with the clear influence as an Asian kid growing up uh there were not a lot of like role models. There were not a lot of Asians in general, uh, in, in media at all. Uh, and you know, I, it's so, it's so, uh, it's so refreshing and it's, you know, so empowering to see that, that begin to shift now, but, When I was growing up, like, who did I have uh, that looked like me that I could identify with? And it was Jackie Chan. Uh, And like, that is the cliche, but it is the cliche because there were there what other choices were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw I saw an Asian guy that people loved. That was funny and expressive and unparalleled in, you know, in, in the skills that he had. And how, how could I not be so deeply influenced by those characteristics? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, you know, there's, there's so much that you can you know, you can have an entire conversation on like, uh, on the, the effect of, you know, role models that, that kids can identify with. Uh, and like that just, you know, Jackie Chan just happened to also align with a lot of other things that I was learning that I liked about myself, which was, you know, I liked being funny and entertaining people and, he will he's he's an action star that does his like does what he does with those those things at the forefront like there are other there are other action stars where like it's the action that is their like strong suit like that's their focus it's like it's very serious like you know guns blazing oh now i'm gonna like you know do whatever um but Jackie Chan's was always like, hey, this is like super goofy, off the wall action that you've never seen before and is like at its core very silly. And then also something that nobody else could do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um You know, it was, it was, nobody else was Jackie Chan. Nobody else could do Jackie Chan. Nobody else could be Jackie Chan. And, That's always something that I've, uh, I've strived for with myself is that, you know, I just, that's, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I, I want some, I want people to say, you know, he's VeggieWagon or, you know, I don't, maybe he's Brett. Uh, he's whoever he is, he, no one is, no one is him he is unequivocally himself uh, and that is so and that is so unique yeah and I, i'm you know i'm i'm so i'm so grateful that like of the of the few of the few you know asian role models that there were that like <laughs> that, that he was one of them uh yeah just uh
1: if i may add a little bit like just a singular mm-hmm. force like you know There's people like Charlie Chaplin, Jackie Chan. Mm -hmm. These are people that are just unique. Like you can't really compare them to anybody else. They're just this very unique thing that exists in the world, and and probably forever because of you know film and things like that. It's just they're just they're also multidisciplinary. You kind of touched on that. Like it's not just like a Steven Seagal. Like I'm just a serious badass or like. He can be funny, but he can also be an absolute fucking killer. Like Mm -hmm. that, that sort of dichotomy is very intriguing to me, at least it's like, he can destroy everybody in the room, but he chooses to be kind of a slapstick guy who wants to look like someone's like beating him up first and kind of like stumbles against the wall, but he has a sort of like quiet, confident power that it's hard to describe you know like it's just he's just in full agency of what he does and that's that's very that's very admirable i think
0: yeah it's the um it's like the uh the the superman uh like analogy where it's just like oh you you could you could do whatever you wanted you could you could you you are by far you know the most powerful person here, uh, but you choose to hold back just to just enough to be what the people like to be what the people need. Yes, but you
1: chose to wear red speedos and like have <laughs> glasses as your disguise. I mean,
0: I mean, come on, let's <laughs> yeah.
1: be, let's be real here. Uh, you hey
0: know- hey hey! I am I can almost guarantee that 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 Jackie Chan did the same thing in, in at least one of his movies. <laughs> 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 It's like here's a, here's a pair of glasses and like a different shirt. Right, he went undercover. <laughs> yeah, and I I wasn't the biggest, hugest fan
1: of Jackie Chan, but it's sort of like I think also with age you start to admire things more in retrospect. Like whether we're talking mm-hmm. about Back to the Future or Jackie, and even like some of the things he did, like um, to try to cross over, like you know, like with Rush Hour and things like that. I mean, it's kind of yeah. later on his career, but he has a lot of range. Just just a ton of range and uh if you ever watched a rush hour outtakes like he flubs so many lines because he had to say them in english because he right english is not his strong suit let's put it that way right um but he's willing to do it like what kind of stars are willing to do that like you have now you have people that are just like i'm not doing this movie because like you have to like shoot me in a certain light and i don't like that it's just like there's also like this kind of lack of pretense with jackie chan which i really like which is also maybe at the risk of generalizing is also very asian as well like this kind of sincerity
0: i like that too i i agree and and yeah there like is what kind of person
1: th- now would even
0: can you imagine like a
1: modern day jackie chan like even agreeing to have those outtakes be released because i mean he could right. stop those from going out but he's like he probably doesn't care like what kind of
0: person is willing to put themselves out like that that's like a true comedian right so yeah it's it, it it's like hey you, let's let's highlight like let's let's highlight my weakness here for f- like for the sake of the comedy yeah you know like this is an extra an extra gift that i that i'm you know happy to give at the expense of myself right and there was no mystique because he always did
1: those outtakes and even in the chinese productions where like you know mm-hmm. he failed the stunt or he like he you know he did the yeah. wall climb and triangle jump and it didn't work and he fell on his ass and it's like mm-hmm. there's a kind of like don't give a fuck about jackie chan that is really admirable right
0: yeah it was it, it's all it's all for it's all for the audience
1: right it's it's that commitment it's that sort of like total commitment which um which i think is something that i see in you as well i feel like when you go for it you just go for it right you're not you're not like oh what are people going to think right you just kind of go for it <laughs> i i could feel that in your work it's just like in the end yes there's an audience but in the end you're kind of doing it to fulfill your own creative itch somehow right would you would you agree with that assessment
0: yeah although um that was definitely something i had to learn because and i and I, and this is a, i think some a big struggle for a lot of people um that are, that are trying to do anything like publicly, but especially like now that, now that like streaming or content creation, are, are, are such popular avenues. Um, yeah, make, make, make things for yourself, but know that you know that you're also making them for your audience. Uh, I, I had to really, I, I struggled to get over the thought that I had to put out something that was like, perfect by my standards uh and once i once i got past that i i realized that like no you know it, it doesn't matter that it's exactly the what i wanted it to be or that like there was something that i could have made better but it would have you, it it would have taken x amount of time longer like no i i put something out and people enjoyed it and that is infinitely better than not putting something out or you know taking taking much much longer to put anything out uh until it's by your standards because you will you will rarely if ever make something that is truly to your own standards oh
1: i agree 200 percent uh I mean you just got to shoot your shots. You got to shoot a lot of shots as a as a content person and some of them will land and some of them will some even some of the ones you don't think land will land will land. And it's just it's so that ethos is so important. So I want to ask you though like how did you adjust to that? Because it sounds like you were more of a perfectionist in the past.
0: Yeah. It's it's more that a lot of what I was working with to produce my own anything my own stream my own videos um i i didn't have a lot of those skills and for me to become a master of those skills like putting putting stream effects together or like having a clean look to it or good you know settings blah 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 i have a full understanding of how to stream or having, a you know, a mastery of production. Like I, I'd never learned anything about like how to, how to record and mix sound or, uh, like I, I'd had some, some minor, uh, like self-taught things about editing videos from the past, but like nothing past like, you know, windows movie maker when that was the thing. Um, and i realized that if i didn't if i if i waited until i felt you know up to my own standards of what those things should be it would be forever before i put anything out and so i just got to a point where i could do the thing Mm -hmm. um and you know like looking back at like, especially like my, my very first video is very, it's very rough and I put a ton of work into that. Um, but it, it was, you know, like the editing and the sound quality and everything was, was, it's very, it's very rough. Um, and, and, and a lot of people, I, you know, I, I made a lot of people laugh. I understand a lot of people with that and, uh, that's that's just what you have to do. You will get there, and you will learn things as you go as you go along. And by the time that you get to your own, by the time you meet your own standards, uh, if you ever do, nobody's at that point going to go back look mm-hmm. at your old. St- you know the first things that you create and be like wow these are bad i i and because of that i am not interested in what they are doing now mm-hmm. like that's that doesn't that's not going to happen so you know you yeah. just have to you have to go you have to you have to create and you have to put it out there and use that as your process to learn mm-hmm. uh for for each new thing that you go yeah. that you do yeah
1: yeah, I love that because, you know, number one, perfection is always the enemy of good enough, right? And number two, <laughs> good enough is usually good enough to to ship it. And you know, coming from a software background, it's like you can't you can't wait forever. If you wait forever for like, you know, the ten bugs to be fixed, you're never gonna do anything. And mm-hmm. number three would be like if you're not embarrassed by what you have done in the past, you're not trying hard enough. Honestly speaking, right? Like it's mm-hmm. I, I think you and I probably share that. That mindset, because like a lot of the stuff is very self-limiting. Like you know, I don't have the equipment, or I don't have I don't have the perfect transition effect for my stream, so I can't start streaming. No, you can just do it now. Mm-hmm. It's better to be bad at it and improve than to try to be perfect. But per- perfection will take you like two years, and then you won't have an audience. So it's better to just start now. So uh, I know we're kind of preaching to the choir, but in case anyone hears this, it's just <laughs> like you need to just start now. You just need to do it. And Mm -hmm. perfection is honestly the enemy of good or good enough. It's just, it's really, I think as creators, we have to, we have to internalize that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Veggie Wagon. Let's make sure, I got to make sure that some of the questions that people ask that, uh, I think we touched on a lot of them. Just give me a second. We'll do like a speed round if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Here's a quick rapid fire round.
0: What's your favorite EDH card and why? tidal barracuda um although i think most people would expect me to answer uh tempting worm uh but i'd say both of those for the same reason because it uh it drastically changes the way that players uh approach the game um while not doing so in a a way that like hinders the progress or the fun of the game. and that's that's always how I like to play my games uh, is like, let me let me th- let me throw something very unique at you uh, that we're all still going to have a ton of fun with.
1: If it was normal genetic variance for humans to have any number of arms on any part of the
0: body, how many arms would you want and where would they be located? Um, honestly, I could probably get rid of one of the ones that I have. Uh, it's two is hard to keep track of to begin with. Uh, maybe just like one right in the center, uh, and that way, like, like you know, right, I don't lose right track here on of the it. Chest. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. What are your goals for the, for the next six to twelve months? I'm just, I'm just throwing my own questions here now. What are your goals for the next
0: six to twelve months? To, uh, be able to. I want to have something consistent, uh, which is my biggest struggle. Um I like to have uh one series that I feel inspired to create uh consistently. Uh whether that is uh bringing back the MTG weekend update uh you know as an actual weekly thing uh or um you know fi- finding a groove for putting out a song parody every week which I actually did for like the first 2 months of of Content creating in general, um, and I'm I'm starting to figure that out. But that is that is my biggest goal uh, for now is to just be able to put things out consistently. On a scale
1: of one to ten, how addicted are you to Magic Arena? <laughs> um, Where ten is unless... like shoot this into my veins,
0: and one is like I'm not addicted at all. I used to be I used to be a ten. Um, I used to be a ten because uh the arena it was, it was honestly one of the catalysts for all of everything that happened because i was uh only playing magic very casually um up until it came out and then it was like oh here's an avenue for me to like have whatever cards i wanted uh and play competitively which i'd never gotten to do before uh and then that all kind of snowballed into oh, and now we're gonna stream it. Oh, and now we're gonna make content for it. Oh, and now we're we you know I've joined a team uh, of really cool people. Blah blah blah. Oh and yeah, um, it was a ten uh, for a while, and now I'd say it's still it's still like an eight. I feel I I feel like I still need to hit mythic in both ladders every season, uh, but I have now. Recently, at least dialed it back to okay, we'll just do it in limited every season. Uh, <laughs> compromises, and, right? Compromises, compromises. Um, so it, it, I, I, I love MTG Arena because it has given me uh, access to so many things that I had never had before as a magic player that are so satisfying. Uh, and I, it, it <laughs> yeah, yeah previously a 10 still an 8 on a scale of 1 to
1: 10 how would you describe your mastery of TikTok
0: Ugh, like a 3 um i i i think i know if I've, I've had this conversation with like some people like like personally before but um i'm i'm not a TikTok creator um i'm not good at TikTok uh TikTok as a platform i am uh I'm grateful for it because it's where I got my start, but it's mostly because it is very lenient on parody material, which, uh, sides so which like YouTube is not. With the song copyrights um, and stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause TikTok's made a lot of deals, uh, with, uh, with, with companies to be able to use, uh, at least short clips of their music. Um, but yeah, I don't make, I don't make things that TikTok as a platform likes. I, I like things that like, you know, some users on TikTok very, uh, very much enjoy, and I'm grateful for that. But uh, I, I rarely do like the TikTok trends or things that like go viral on TikTok. I like I've never I've never had a I haven't had like an original like, like parody go, you know what would be considered viral. The only things I've had go big were, uh, things that I, at, at least okay maybe maybe I'll bump it to like a five because the things that I have had go viral. Uh, I knew we're going to, uh, but it's not the kind of thing that I make, and so I can't. I don't think I can claim to be <laughs> that that much that that good at it. Yeah, I'm. I'm no. Uh, you know, I'm no. I'm no Zebex. I'm no. Uh, <laughs> I'm no no Tory the best. I'm, you know, I I uh, I just put some. I put some uh, some parodies up. <laughs> All right. So Veggie,
1: what's the best place for people to find you on social or any projects you want to, upcoming ones
0: you want to plug or all of the above? You can find me at veggie wagon on uh, TikTok, on t- uh, Twitch, on YouTube. You can find me at wagon Yee on Twitter because a food truck in North Carolina already has... At Veggie wagon, don't um, worry. It's only a matter of time before you take it's that, only a matter uh, of that time. <laughs> mantle of the food truck, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you can also you can find me on Patreon. And I'm I'm uh, I've done a lot of fun things for my patrons, who I'm very grateful for, and working on understanding better how I can uh, make that a, a unique experience.
1: And you're also just I'm going to plug for you. You're also now involved in some. D productions if i understand
0: yeah yeah um i'll yeah i'll try i'll try and keep that true i'm i'm super excited for that um with the uh with, with with the degenerate gaming team that i'm i'm with uh this is season two of their dgens and dragons uh live live recorded uh D session it's all set in the in the magic gathering world um jumping between different planes in the universe it's it's very fun i play uh i play a cephalid a cephalid character named gustav inc um and uh that should be uh that that should be posting on youtube i believe um starting the first of next month but you can also catch live recordings of it uh every every monday night on uh mtg nerd girls stream how much
1: of method acting did you have to do to become a cephalid and you know really get into into the character because I know nothing about cephalids
0: <laughs> cephalids um I, I i've always I've always liked cephalids uh, they were actually the first creature type that I started playing with uh. Long story short, they they there was one that a friend had that like had a ability similar to a Yu Gi Oh card, and I was like, oh, all right, I can I can figure that out. And that was when I was learning how to play Magic. But also, I like uh, I like octopuses and squids, uh, and they're they're the like they're the squid kind of characters. Um, mm. So very little method acting, mostly just me, uh, except me but kind of french uh <laughs> yeah you know, it you'll you will understand if, if for right. anybody that decides to see it all right i gotta tune into that
1: i'm surprised you're not a <laughs> sentient worm but i guess i'll I'll take that i'll take se- i'll take cephalid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much veggie for your time and uh it's it's been a true pleasure just just conversing and just uh getting to have a
0: better understanding of where you're coming from no, the, the, the honor is all mine uh, this, is, this has been a blast for real
1: thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Magic to support the show, visit humansofmagic.com follow us on Twitter and Instagram at humansofmagic and you can also consider supporting us at patreon.com slash humansofmagic